Welcome to another episode of Reading the Bible Responsibly and to the third installment in our mini-series we're calling You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Let's talk about the word freedom. It's pretty common in the Bible, and it's also common in discussions about law, civics, and society, especially in the United States where we have, shall we say, animated discussions about freedom. Is the freedom for believers given by Christ similar to, say, the freedom spelled out in the Bill of Rights? Did Jesus die for our freedom in the same way that, say, soldiers did? And what does the freedom in Christ give us exactly? The main use of freedom we first find in Scripture is about slaves. In Deuteronomy 15, God gives the Israelites instructions for how to treat their servants or slaves. That's the same word. Because they are to remember the time they themselves were slaves. In Deuteronomy 15, verses 12 and 13 and 18, we find the word for freedom translated a few different ways. In verse 12, it's the command to let them go free. And in verse 13, release them. In verse 18, set them free. All those phrases are related to the Hebrew word chofesh. And that word gets used in related ways to talk about even like holiday and vacation and leave time. This word for freedom shows up in other places in Scripture. Here's Psalm 146, verses 7 through 8. He, that's God, upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. There's the phrase. He gives sight to the blind. He lifts up those who are bowed down, and the Lord loves the righteous. Here's Isaiah 61, 1, which gets quoted by Jesus in the Nazareth synagogue in Luke 4. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. Here's a few verses, Jeremiah 34, verses 8 and then 17. The word came to Jeremiah from the Lord after King Zedekiah had made a covenant with all the people in Jerusalem to proclaim freedom for the slaves. Now jump down to 17. Therefore, this is what the Lord says, You have not obeyed me. You have not proclaimed freedom to your own people. So I now proclaim freedom for you, declares the Lord, freedom to fall by the sword, plague and famine. I will make you abhorrent to all the kingdoms of the earth. But now let's turn to the New Testament and talk about freedom in Christ. A focal chapter for this discussion is Galatians 5. Paul there is discussing circumcision. There were some Jews and Jewish Christians who wanted to make circumcision a requirement even for Gentiles who were becoming Christians. Paul is opposed to making this mandatory, and he writes adamantly that his readers not give in. Here's Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Paul goes on to condemn these circumcision enforcers in pretty graphic terms. But then he takes the freedom discussion in a different direction. Look at verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. So for Paul, freedom in Christ hits a wall when it negatively affects others. You can see his long discussions in Romans and 1 Corinthians about the limits on freedom to eat idle meat because of how that would affect others. Now let's jump down to James chapters 1 and 2. James here is talking about obedience 
And he writes that disobeying is sort of like looking in a mirror, but then immediately forgetting what you look like. Here's James 1.25. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And then look at James 2, verses 12 and 13. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So this law that gives freedom has to be in conversation with the virtue of mercy. Living with freedom that does not show mercy to others is a ticket to judgment. The big point is that our freedom in Christ is mainly from sin, not really anything about civics or rights as we would talk about them. Look at John 8, 34 and 35. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I think we should try to stop talking about Christian freedom in a way that would make sense only in the United States or broadly just in democratic societies. Do we really think that a person who becomes a Christian in, say, Venezuela or China is somehow a surprise or an outlier for Paul and the biblical writers? Or do we really think that the first century Christians had the same kinds of civic freedoms that we have? Now, I don't think any of us would really mean this, But we sure need to be careful about teachings that sort of imply that Jesus died so American Christians could have our Constitution or Bill of Rights. I'm super grateful for the freedoms listed there, but they aren't guarantees for all Christians at all times. I mean, just go ask the apostles if they had freedom of speech. The freedom given to us in Christ is all-surpassing and more important than any other freedom. And it's a freedom to, not just a freedom from. Look at this verse from Psalm 119, verse 134. Redeem me from human oppression that I may obey your precepts. Free me so that I can obey. Our most productive thoughts will lead us to ways to use our Christian freedom in ways that are obedient to God and a blessing to the world. Thanks for being here for this mini-series. I'm glad you're listening. I hope that if you haven't, you will consider following and subscribing and leaving a rating and review and sharing this with a friend. Those three things are really helpful as we continue to get this podcast out. I'm grateful for those of you who've done that already. And if you haven't, please do. Stay tuned for the next episode in our... You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Mini-series.